0: Welcome back to our
1: study of God's Word. We're talking about how the Bible is true. And even if there's no corroborating history of the time, that doesn't mean the Bible is wrong. Critics have said for for years that the story of King Belshazzar of Babylon was was just a fable. It was just a myth. And then archaeologists begin to dig in the Mesopotamian valley The spade begins to authenticate the word of God. The the archaeologists found thousands of fragments of clay tablets and sent them to the British Museum where the learned scholars began to decipher them and interpret them and translate them. One of the first things they found was a tablet which contained the name of Belshazzar, the man who had never been heard of in any history except the Bible, showing that such a man did exist— They found the clay tablets which bore the names of Nabonidus, his father, and Belshazzar, that they had a connection. They found the tablets which referred to Belshazzar as the king's son. They found another tablet in which two businessmen sealed a contract with oath in the name of Nabonidus and Belshazzar. In ancient Babylon, oaths were taken in the name of the reigning king, and the tablet shows that these two were both kings. They were co-rulers. And the following result that the clay tablets reveal that Belshazzar was born in 575 BC. He was the oldest son of Nebuchadnezzar, and he was 14 years old when Nebuchadnezzar died. He had his own house in Babylon. We know the name of his secretary. We know when his grandfather died. All of this is found in those tablets, thousands of them, that were found by archaeologists. We know, too, why he, why, we, why he was left king in Babylon and why he perished the night that the Medes and the Persians came and took over his empire. His father, Nabonidus, was a man of great culture. He was a builder, a restorer of temples, and he moved to Arabia and spent most of his time there. His son, Belshazzar, ruled in Babylon while his father was away. So they were co-rulers. This is why in Daniel 5, 16 and 29, Belshazzar... Uh, Proposes that he will make Daniel the third ruler in the kingdom. Well, why the, not the second ruler in the kingdom? For the very apparent reason that the first ruler was Nebuchadnezzar, his father. The second ruler was Belshazzar, the son. And he can only award the place of the third ruler to someone with whom he wanted to bestow a great gift or great honor. It's amazing how the Bible fits together when we know all the facts. How the Bible. Is revealed as true, another tablet has been found which describes the fall of Babylon. It tells us that the armies of the Medes and the Persians had captured King Nabonidas some four months before Babylon fell. This would even be, even make it even more recogni- recognizable that ba- that Belshazzar was the king. The tablet says that Babylon was easily taken as agrees with daniel five thirty and thirty one the Bible also, I mean, the tablet also says that when Babylon fell, the king's son died. It is amazing that the name of Belshazzar fell out of history completely and absolutely for hundreds of years. The historians and the scholars, in their skepticism, said he never existed. He is a fabric of somebody's imagination. They said it's like so much of the Bible, it's just a bunch of fable. But, friends, the Bible is true. It's not fable, it's not myth. It's not untruth, and it's the word of God. And what comes out is that eventually it always is proved to be true. And it's true whether it's corroborated by ancient history or not. In Psalm 119, we read, Thy, Your word is true from the beginning, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. I want to challenge you, to become a firm and absolute believer in the word of God. That's why I want to tell you that the word of God is eternal. Peter quotes from Isaiah 40, verse 6, and declares that the word of God abides forever. He calls it the living and abiding word of God. He says all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flowers of the field. We're not going to live very long 70, 80, 90 years at the most, but the grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of God abides forever. Peter says this is the word which was preached to you, and it's the word which, if you are a believer in Christ, which you have received, and which has made such a difference in your life and changed you into a new person because you have received Christ and his word. In Matthew 2435 the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall not pass away the Bible partakes of the nature of the God who is eternal the God who authored the book through men it's not a book it is the book it is indestructible the ever-living eternal enduring word of God the psalmist in 1 1989 said forever O Lord your word is settled in heaven you see God's word is eternal The Bible says in Hebrews it's alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. God says it's like a hammer that breaks a hard stone. It's like a fire that burns deep. It's a lamp and a light. The Bible says the word of God is not bound. Paul said he was bound and in prison, but the word of God was not bound, and it reached out to touch all kinds of people. You see, no fragment of any army ever survived so many battles as the Bible No citadel ever withstood so many sieges. No rock was ever battered by so many hurricanes and so swept by storms, and yet it stands. It has seen the rise and fall of empire after empire and nation after nation and ruler after ruler. They have died. They have faded into nothingness, yet the Bible is still true. The Bible foretells that that all of this will happen, and it did. Other books tell us what men suppose. The Bible tells us what God says. Other books speculate about what man thinks, but the Bible tells us what God knows. A woman was living with a man as her husband who was very, very evil. He was an alcoholic. He had all kinds of problems. And she began to read the Bible and became a believer, and it changed her life. And she treasured her Bible above everything, and she would read it for long periods every day. That was the only reason she was able to survive living with such a wicked, evil man. And one day, he saw her reading the Bible, and he got very, very angry, and he grabbed it out of her hand, and he threw, threw it into the fireplace, and he said, now we'll see what's left of your new religion. And the next day, when he opened the fireplace to clean out the ashes he, with with tong- and and any other remnants with tongs, he stirred it up, and some of the Bible was still there, and some of the pages had not burned. And the first one that fell on that his eyes fell on was this Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Having been thrown into the fire closed, some pages of the Bible were partly preserved, and these words stood out clear and distinct. It was like a revelation to this guy. He soon gave his life to Christ and was never the same again. You see, you can't burn the Bible, you can't drown it, you can't destroy it. Skeptics and atheists and liberals have beat against it with all their power through history, but it's still the eternal Word of God. And we'll talk more about it next week. Hope you have a great weekend. God bless you. Have a great day.